a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. One half hour left in today's episode of this program. Uh, and I want to talk to you. I want to have uh, a lot of interaction. In fact, uh, I'm going to open the phone lines in the final segment of the program today. I'm going to ask the question, uh, if you think that here in America, do you think that America right now has a crisis of free speech? On my Facebook page earlier this morning, I put a question. I asked if you were uh, these days more or less likely to uh, express your political views these days. Are you more or less expressive with your political views these days? Uh, in the next segment, I want to chat with you. I'll share with you some of the responses on Facebook, and I'd love to have you uh, call in. If you want to get on hold right now, uh, I'll get to you in a little bit. The number is 801-575-TALK, 801-575-8255. Before we get to that question, I just want to give you a little heads up there. Uh, before we get to that question, I, I promised you that we would continue uh, to follow the press conference which was taking place in Cottonwood Heights. It was being run by attorney Robert Sykes, and that's a name uh, y you might recognize. That's the name of an attorney who is very often representing individuals uh, who are bringing suit against uh, law enforcement agencies. Uh, it, uh, I don't want to call it uh, like a cottage industry or anything like that, but it is certainly uh, his M.O. And, well, he today uh, was appearing with the parents of Zane James. Zane James, if you remember, uh, a number of years ago, uh, was shot twice and killed by police. It was not long after he was suspected of having committed armed robbery, twice, fleeing police on a motorcycle, crashing that motorcycle, uh, and then after being engaged in a, a brief foot pursuit, uh, Zane reaches into his waistband, towards his waistband. Police officer fires twice. Zane falls. A weapon is found. And Zane dies a few days later. Yesterday would have been his 20th birthday, and in celebration and in uh, honor of that, there was a gathering of protesters in Cottonwood Heights. Those protesters later took to the streets, and nine of them uh, were arrested, including the father of Zane James. Aaron was on hand at the press conference today and shared his version of what happened last night. I will tell you, we were trying to figure out what to do because they weren't saying, guys, 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 if you just stay on the sidewalks and move past the cars, it will be fine. Just move. Just continue down the street. Don't block traffic. But it was odd. It's like we got stuck there. It's like we got trapped there, I, for lack of a better word. That's exactly No one was moving. It just stalled out. And then emotions flared. And, uh, you know, I see police on top of demonstrators. I see somebody getting... Somebody had... Gone, a police person had gone in on a, a person's driveway and was macing somebody behind their car. I turned to my wife. I was like, is somebody getting maced over there? And beaten with a club. 
It was our friend. It was our friend. And then I, and then, and then, yeah, they got me. Didn't they? Sure did. And it didn't go anywhere. The whole thing just fell apart. The whole thing fell apart. Hearing from Aaron James, he was arrested last night during the protests uh, and the altercation with police that took place in Cottonwood Heights just last night. He, uh, being represented by attorney Robert Sykes, was asked if a lawsuit will follow. Here's Sykes' response. Whether we're going to file a civil rights action against Cottonwood City for this, I don't know. But it's certainly on the table. It should not have happened. Cottonwood City is wrong. So this is likely not to be the last word on this. There will likely be investigations, there will be lawsuits, there will be debate, there will be headlines written, and it will likely occupy uh, airtime here on this very program. Uh, I can assure you only this, that we will continue to follow it, and as investigations unfold and uh, any added findings that might come to the table, uh, you can count on this radio program to be a resource for all of that. Okay, we are going to move on, though, from what took place last night in Cottonwood Heights. Uh, more info, if you are looking for it, is, of course, available at kslnewsradio.com, also on the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services, that's right. And on there, you can find all of the reporting on this and many other stories, as well as podcasts available if you want to go back and, uh, for example, listen to the conversations I had today with Burgess Owens and Ben McAdams, both running for Congress, uh, engaged in a neck-and-neck -neck tie right now. Uh, you can do that via the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. All right, a few more minutes in this segment, and then I'm going to open the phone lines, and I want to chat with you. The question is this, and it stems from an opinion piece put out by the Deseret News Editorial Board. Uh, I will share that on my Facebook page in just a moment, but it uh, makes the assertion that, yes, America has a crisis of free speech. America has a crisis of free speech. Hmm. Let's be clear. The, the First Amendment uh, to the Constitution, uh, in the Bill of Rights, we know that it, uh, it precludes Congress from limiting our ability to speak freely and express ourselves and to peaceably assemble and to worship as we see fit. And so that is very strictly speaking what the First Amendment does. It uh, restrains Congress. But the spirit of the First Amendment, our ability to express ourselves and make our views and thoughts known, it, ex it extends well beyond Congress. And so in those terms, I will agree with uh, the Deseret News, that we do, in fact, have a crisis of free speech. What do I mean? I mean that there are those who are biting their tongues these days because they fear repercussions, either from their employer or their friends or their family. A poll recently put together uh, and a report issued by the Cato Institute finds that 62% of Americans right now are self-censoring. They claim that the political environment today uh, prevents them from saying certain things for fear of offending others. 62% right now. That's up from 58% in 2017. Now, if you rewind the clocks back even further, I can remember a, I can remember, uh, a day where anyone, no, no one held back. No one was afraid to uh, view how they uh, were thinking and feeling about a certain subject or topic. And I mourn, I mourn for that day. But we are facing certain realities. There are 
uh, conservatives right now who are afraid to post uh, pro-Trump uh, or pro-conservative or pro-Republican uh, attitudes on their social media or to share them in public for fear of losing uh, their job or uh, facing some sort of uh, discrimination at work. And the same goes uh, the other way around. There are liberals, certainly, who are holding their tongue. Now, this Cato Institute report uh, inclu- uh, asserts that uh, conservative fears are much greater uh, than, than uh, liberal fears, that there are more uh, conservatives right now uh, fearful of expressing themselves than are uh, liberals. So I'll ask you, is there anything about the environment today that has led you to bite your tongue? As I phrased it on Facebook, are you more or less expressive with your political views these days? I'd like you to call in. I'd like you to share with me your thoughts. The number is 801-575-8255, 801-575-TALK. That's the KSL call-in number. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, it's you and me chatting about our views here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You're listening to Live Mike, episode number 159, final segment of the program today. Uh, you, you heard uh, Maria Chaleos mention a moment ago that story of shots being fired into the security vestibule at the Missionary Training Center in Provo. That is wild. What planet? On what planet does that happen? Man, uh, the, the, the plea from uh, Provo Police is that if you have any information, if you know anything, uh, you reach out and call. I spent, uh, I spent about six weeks there uh, learning the Spanish language, and I remember walking right past that vestibule, uh, and I, it's, uh, shoot, it, uh, you know, firing rounds indiscriminately anywhere is never good, but this one, uh, this just feels funny. This feels... Uh, like hate crime territory. I hope that uh, those responsible uh, are brought to justice. All right, uh, for the final segment here, we are going to dedicate our time to chatting with one another. The question I have posed is this. Are you more or less expressive with your political views these days? I, uh, I toss out that question because there is a wonderful opinion piece in the Deseret News right now, drafted by the Deseret News editorial board, and it asserts that yes, America has a crisis of free speech. Right now, there are many who feel that either in their workplace or even in their home, that they ought to bite their tongue for fear of repercussions. There are examples in this opinion piece where uh, a professor, a math professor, was fired for criticizing the concept of microaggressions. 
And then later on, uh, there was another uh, data analyst who tweeted a link to a study showing that nonviolent protests did more to sway public opinion in favor of the civil rights movement than violent protests. Yeah, guess what happened two weeks later? Yeah, his firm fired him. Yeah. I'd like to hear what you think. If you make your way to Facebook right now, uh, there are a, many, a, number, a great number of, of listeners to this program who have weighed in on the line. Now we have a few as well. Stu from Murray uh, calls. Stu, sir, how do you feel? Hey, uh, Lee. Uh, I, I definitely uh, agree with, uh, with this finding because I'm a conservative, and uh, I've always uh, talked politics in a, in a sane and calm manner with people, but I cannot do that anymore. Because uh, the liberal, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the liberal side of the nation has absolutely demonized conservatives. And uh, we've been called stupid and uneducated. And it's, it's all, you really do have, have a bit of fear to openly express your opinions, especially if you have any questions concerning the real, the real agenda of, of uh, organizations like, uh, like, uh, 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 Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. won't even te- I won't even talk about that. Yeah. Where uh, have you know, found? Bit... Where have you found yourself censoring yourself the most? Is is it at home? Is it at work? Where uh, Where at have work. you felt this pressure at work? At work, but also at home. Not not in not in my medium. I, I deal with a lot of customer base. You know, yeah. I, I travel around and I deal with customers, and I really will not talk politics. And uh, I've noticed that 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 uh, people I know are conservative or kind of taking my same, my, my same lead but any, or, or, or feel, feel the way I feel. But people that are liberal spout. The liberals are not one bit afraid to, uh, to uh, air their opinion nonstop and yeah. to call anyone who disagrees with them stupid and demonize them. And uh, there is one little thing I thought about uh, that I've heard more than one comment about, and I've noticed it. Uh, if you have a uh, Obama Biden bumper sticker on your car. Uh, you're not going to get hassled for the most part. Uh, it's it's going to be fine. If you put a Trump Pence sticker on your car, you're going to get flipped off. You're going to get yelled at. And if you park uh, in the public very often, your car is going to get keyed. And uh, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not alone with this. I, I would never put a bumper sticker on my car just because I don't want to make myself a target. But it really is. Uh, uh, freedom of the speech is being curtailed by the public masses and the demonization of uh, the of the right. Yeah, Stu, thank you so much for your call. Uh, I, I wonder if we will ever be able to do a study along the lines of what he describes right there about the bumper stickers and the interactions in the public. I, I anecdotally, and as I speak to my friends who are on both sides of the aisle and who carry with on their vehicles uh, these very bumper stickers, uh, it is the anecdotal experience of many uh, that you do uh, catch glimpses of the bird being flipped your way if you have uh, the, the the Trump pen sticker on your car uh, or Make America Great Again or even the Gadsden flag from time to time. Uh, Dallin from Orem is on the line. Dallin, how are you and how do you feel? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Mike? I'm all right. Uh, Leland, sorry. sorry. That's all right. Tell me, have you found uh, have you found that you you are self censoring yourself, or is there is there any fear or anxiety you carry with you in terms of talking about politics? Yeah, for me, a lot of it isn't so much just fear of like being made fun of or anything. For me, I just yeah. whenever I feel like I'm going to talk politics, it's because I come from a very moderate type of background, and I leave a little bit or lean more conservative, but I'm very moderate, 
And so I feel like debate and understanding is very important. So I feel like one of the biggest issues is that nowadays, whenever anyone talks politics, most of the time, it's just to share their own opinion and not to listen to anyone else. And so I've found that I only will ever talk politics if it's with someone that I know is willing to listen and actually consider other people's opinions. If I don't know that they will be that way, I won't even begin to discuss with them because I feel that there's very little benefit of discussing anything with them. And that is an issue that I've seen very much already in my life. Dalen, thank you for the call. I I agree 100 percent. We do have our heels dug in. Uh, and that is something that both sides of all debates right now, I think, uh, are experiencing. Our heels are dug in. Uh, and so maybe it's not fear of reprisal or fear of being canceled or fear of being fired from your profession. But maybe it's just that we don't feel that discussing politics right now or debating would be a productive endeavor. Uh, Jim from Ogden, how are you? I'm, I'm just fine. What do you think? Have you found yourself being more or less expressive with your political views these days? Well, I don't think it, it has affected me at all. Um, but I, I feel that it's, it goes farther than just your freedom of speech. Uh, my freedom ends where your freedom starts. Whether sure. it's in, in protesting, whether it's in my verbiage, my language, or my actions... I don't have the right to step on your toes, and no one has I don't get back, or how can we get back to respecting each other? It's all a respect problem. Yeah. Uh, if I respect you, I won't say things or do things that, that hurt you. Yeah, uh, Jim, thank you so much for, for calling in and for sharing that view. I agree 100%, and that principle of my rights uh, end where yours begin really is something we need to consider. We really need to know that sometimes when we demand uh, that we uh, should be entitled to much more expansive and broader rights, that sometimes those demands are encroaching on the rights of others. And so it is uh, with the case of Uh, our opinions and views, that we ought not to take such offense. Uh, We ought not to get uh, belligerent and uh, and vengeful. All right? If someone disagrees with us, we should try to understand and not try to cancel. Uh, Renee from Saratoga Springs, I have about 30 seconds left. How are you? What do you think about where our nation is is going right now? Well, actually, you just stated something that I was taught by my dad, who was marriage and family counselor, and saw this so much in relationships that this country has become a country of taking offense. We take offense so easy when it is not intended. The motive behind it is not to yeah. intended to hurt somebody. Yeah. But everything, so we have to second guess everything we say because we're afraid that somebody else is going to take offense at that. Renee, you're going to get the last word on this. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for listening. That is going to do it for today's episode of Live Mike. We covered a lot of ground today, uh, and tomorrow we'll pick it right up where we left off. Right now, though, I'll say goodbye, hand things off to Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News as we will surely continue to cover the goings-on in Cottonwood Heights of yesterday and uh, the congressional race playing out right now in Utah's 4th Congressional District.